You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now... Here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. I had a guy last minute uh, have to change his schedule um, and come on the pod, not come on the podcast because he is actually out of the country on travel, and. So last minute, I had to come up with this podcast idea. I really wanted to uh, put one out. So I'm, I'm walking back and forth in my office, and I'm thinking, you know, man, what do I want to talk about? Um, what do I want to do? I tried getting some other guests on last minute. No one responded to me. And finally, I was looking at my wall of hats, and I saw a couple brands uh, of some of the hats that I have hanging. I'm like, you know what? I want to talk about some of the products that have really influenced the way that I hunt the way I hunt and uh, and I think that's what we're gonna what we're gonna do today um, I'm gonna talk about a handful of products that um, I truly believe in um, some of them are partners of the podcast some of them are not um, and you know like I said when I started this whole, uh, thing I wanted to be true to myself, and when I approached companies for partnerships, um, it's products that I know, um, I have relationships with, um, I have experiences with, um, and hopefully that reflects in you know some of the uh, conversation that I have have today. But uh, before we get into today's um, topic and podcast, I just want to take a moment and. Uh, suggest make a suggestion to all of you two real quick things one go and visit deerlab.com slash nine fingers now if you don't know what deer lab is it is a place for you to dump all of your trail camera pictures right um, you can put those trail camera locations on a map you can start tracking deer movement you can start looking at data like wind direction temperature moon phase so forth and so so on barometric pressure and what this allows you to do is to take that data and basically be able to some in some way 
kind of track the deer movement on your property and forecast for the following season when some of these bucks that you're chasing might um, show up again. So um, definitely something that I've played around with. I've come to love and it's actually helped me start to pattern these deer where they're moving, where they're coming from. Um, I'm a huge fan of it and I, uh, I definitely suggest uh, to all of you to go check it out. Now, if you go to uh, deerlab.com slash nine fingers, you will receive a free 30 day trial period. Uh, you can dump all all of it. You can play around with it, and then uh, see if it's something that you like. So uh, go check that out. Second is if you haven't already, this is very simple. If you haven't already, you need to go to the National Deer Alliance, and you need to sign up and become a member. It's free. You can also what else can you do? You can get their newsletter. Um, it talks about topics uh, that are, you know, deer-related topics that are happening all over the United States. It's very informative. It's something that I look forward to receiving. So um, just an FYI, go uh, become a member of the National Deer Alliance. Now, that was a nice short and sweet intro. Now let's talk products here. So first off, let me tell you a little bit how, about how I used to hunt, right? When I first started hunting, I didn't know anything about scent I didn't know anything about deer behavior. I didn't know anything about how deer use their senses, so forth and so on. And that all was kind of a learning experience for me. And it helped me over those years, you know, guide me towards what products that I like to use, um, what products helped me, um, in the woods, what products made, uh, I don't want to say easier, but made me more comfortable in the timber. Um, and it allowed me to do what I want to do as far as carrying out a plan to harvest, whether that's a doe or a specific buck or whatever. So, um, when I first started hunting, you know, I was that, you know, that kid that I had a ladder stand on a field edge and I hunted those, I very rarely hunted mornings back then, but I would go to a field edge and I would wait. The deer would show up or they wouldn't show up. Um, I wasn't really picky. Uh, I didn't have a lot of good experiences because, you know, early season, uh, even into the late October or early November, these deer aren't hitting these food sources until last light. So then I realized, okay, I need to be able to move my tree stand. So when it came to, when it came to ladder stands, I would have to take, take one down and and the ones that I used, I bought at a farm King, which is like a farm store uh, here in the Midwest. And it would come in three pieces. So I would have to take those down, undo the two straps around the tree find the tree that I wanted to set up in. Um, I would set up in this tree, you know, put the pieces together, strap the, the bottom portion of the ladder stand to the tree, and then go 
and strap the top up and that that's how I had to move it. It would take me a very long time to do. It was noisy and you know, I typically couldn't hunt that stand that particular night or that, you know, the next day or two because it did make so much noise that uh, I'm sure that any deer that were in the area wouldn't be, you know, coming that way. So I, I learned over the years that I had to be as quiet as possible. I had to, you know, and it would take, it would take me forever to do that if I wanted to be quiet. So then years later, um, you know, I had a couple other uh, stands and I had, I used screw in steps and I used a, uh, certain kinds of hang-ons, right? And then these were all cheapos that I got from either a farm store or on sale at some sporting goods store or something like that, you know, really cheap products. And that allowed me to be a little bit more mobile, right? The, the, the setup still took as, um, took longer, um, cause I had to screw in every step. Uh, this, <laughs> and I hate to say it, this was before, I ever used safety harnesses, right? So I'd have to screw in a step, hold the tree, screw in another one, hold the tree, another one, another one. And then I would get to the top, have to hug the tree while I'm setting up this really cheap stand. Um, take the, the ratchet strap and you ratchet it to the tree and it's just really loud. Uh, not a, and you know, whatever it, I, I was able to become a little bit more mobile as I was learning the, the whole, you know, the whole, tree stand setting up tearing down um finding good stand locations you know that entire learning experience now this is where the product comes into play and i'm sure a lot of you already know what i I was gonna i'm gonna say and somewhere around 2004 or 5 i got a hold of my very first lone wolf stand and once i learned how to properly use it 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 literally blew my mind uh and the big thing about the lone wolf that I came to love was the ease of setting it up and the ability for the hang on portion, you know, the sticks were easy and then the stand was easy and it was able to be leveled, right? Not only from a platform and seat position, but a majority of the hang-ons that are out there today do not have the ability to set up in a crooked tree where the platform and seat are flat. The lone wolf has the ability to level out in the tree. So even on a crooked tree, left or right, back or forth, the depending on how you set it up, that adjustment bracket in the back with the four prongs has the ability to like straighten the tree stand out. So you're not sitting crooked in the tree. So that just makes it more comfortable to sit in and you can spend more time in, in the stand. I have lower back issues. And if I sit at a a crooked angle, I, I suffer the next day. So as far as the, you know, hanging the actual tree stand and sticks um it was very very eye-opening to me that i could do a lot more with this stand i could set up in a lot more places i could now start hunting where i needed to hunt in the tree i needed to be in and not the actual 
the straightest tree in the area, right? So I needed to be 10 yard closer to this trail because I saw a deer working this, you know, this cut or this edge or this uh, transition area. And if I was in the straight tree, I wouldn't have been able, I wouldn't have been able to get the shot. However, if I moved 10, 15 yards closer in the crooked, crooked tree with a lone wolf there, I, I have, I now have a better opportunity to, intercept the the deer that I've been chasing and the ease the thing that I really also really liked about it is stacking the sticks and strapping them to the lone wolf and being able to carry them in and out with ease get to the stand and after I would say a season or two of really really um, playing around with it and learning how it works I can now get to a stand and depending on how many branches I have to trim to get to where I need to be, I can set up in under 10 minutes pretty easily and be hunting in 10 minutes as opposed to, you know, screwing in steps or ratchet strapping stuff down or, you know, having to sit at a crooked angle while up top, um, is something that for me it's just I once you once you use one of these things and it's very hard to go back to something else and I did that I I remember I had a a a different brand of tree stand that was unable to uh, level it was unable to be adjusted in the tree and I ended up giving it away because I I don't know I I just love the flexibility of this tree stand and allows you to hunt where you need to hunt and i know this these are going to sound kind of like commercials today but you know regard regardless and you know you're gonna say you know you're getting paid to say this i i and this sounds cliche as well but i'd still be using it whether or not i would be i i actually turned down a tree stand company for a partnership because i i had no experience with their product and um because I only want to use the best, in my opinion, the best, and that's definitely Lone Wolf. Um, so, you know, once I was able to start really learning how to run and gun, um, it opened up a whole bunch of doors for me from a, a strategic standpoint. You know, I'm, I'm able to um, access different routes, um, different locations of the farm, take because I know that when I get there, it's just really easy to set up. Um, now I know that a lot of people are thinking, "Oh man, these uh, these lone wolf stands, man, they're they're freaking expensive." That you're you're right. They are they are the higher end as far as price is concerned of the of the of the market. But you only need one stand really. You need if you're a running gun hunter, public land hunter, or just want the best you know, quality over quantity, a lone wolf can do that for you. Um, I think last year, oh man. Yeah. This, this past year, uh, I, I had five stands set up in the, at the beginning of the season, ready to go for my rut vacation. I didn't use any of those pre hung stands. Uh, I basically went where my trail cameras told me there was movement and I I, run, I did a run and gun setup for the first, you know, four days of or three days of my rut vacation. And I got close to the deer because I had to micromanage my stand locations. 
tearing up, setting down, tearing up, st- setting down, and and this did that. But back, and I'm kind of I'm a rambler. You guys know that. But back to price. I it, it's my opinion that, especially when it comes to a product like this, that it's so easy to set up and tear down, and it, it allows you to get closer to your your target. That if you were to save for one year, right? And I think it's, let's say I'm just going to round to $500. $500 will get you a set of sticks and a tree stand. And, and that includes shipping probably. Uh, and it might be like $450. But $450, $500 is going to get you a tree stand and a set of a four set of sticks and that will get you depending on on how tall you are over 15 feet easy uh if you're tall like me it might be able to get you to 18 20 feet and i when i say tall i say six foot there's guys out there who you know the taller you are the higher you can get in those stands um very easy to set up and when you once you play around with it you're going to realize that you the money you spent was well worth it so, and as far as hunting products are concerned, I'm a huge believer in uh, you get what you pay for. That price really does, for the most part, you know, represent quality. Uh, and, and as you all know, lone wolves are made in America uh, and they're of the highest quality. Uh, the very first lone wolf that I ever have is still in my arsenal. Uh, the only thing I've had to do over the years is change the straps. Uh, and then all you have to do is make inspect the cables. I have had to change the seats out because uh, I left them in a tree and squirrels chewed on them. So just remember to take them out at the end of the season. And you'll have a product that is literally going to last you, if you take care of it, the rest of your life. And then over the years, what I've done is, you know, I've purchased my first one. And then I've gotten, uh, I've added on to those av- as the years have kind of gone on and uh you know purchased more stands and then i can use the sticks on multiple stand locations right so um, let's say i have a a place that's really good during the rut i know it's going to be good from from a historical standpoint i will leave my tree stand up in the tree now that i have two tree stands i have a one that is solid and it's going to stay there and one running gun set with the four sticks i find that the weather is going to allow me to access the stand location. And once I get in there, the wind is going to play its part and just be a really good setup. All I have to do is set the sticks up now and, uh, go to that, you know, go to that, uh, stand. It's in the tree that I want because it's self-adjusting. And, um, these, this is the very first product that comes to mind when I say, uh, you know, literally changes the way I hunt it has influenced my methodology methodology and strategy when it comes to hunting and um, you know yeah they're on the higher end of price but if you if you save if you uh, you put your money into your passion uh, it's definitely something that will um, be a good return on investment not only from the length of time that you'll own it but how it how it functions in the timber as well so uh definitely you know a lot of guys always they always tell me hey man this is something i do hey man uh a lone wolf is too expensive uh 
I'll, I'll never buy one. Okay, well, that's, that's fine. And then I'll go to their Facebook page, right? And they got a jacked up truck or they got like, you know, a whole bunch of decals all over the back. So they're, they're spending in my money. Hunting is really not their passion um, because they're spending their money on, on something else. A lone wolf stand is for everybody, obviously, but for the, for the hardcore guys that want to get in the bedrooms of these whitetails, be quiet doing it. Um, and get as close as possible, as quiet as possible. I don't see, I really honestly don't see another stand on the market today that compares to, to this, um, to this particular stand. So, you know, they are, they are going to be a partner of the podcast, um, starting May 1st. I just got news of that, but so take that, take that how you want to take it. Um, I've been using a lone wolf now since 2005 or 2006 and have not used another tree stand since then straight up. So that's the first product I want to, I wanted to talk about now the second products, and it's really not a brand per se, but it's, uh, it is a material is a wool. Um, I was the guy, and I and if you listen to the podcast on some of these product reviews that we've done, I was the guy who would sit in a tree stand with so many layers on, he could barely draw back his bow, right? He would soak, he'd be soaking wet by the time he, I, I get to the tree, climb up, and then I settle down, and I start to freeze instantly, right? I can remember, oh man, it was actually the the this fall before I actually tried wool I remember it being like mornings where it was November 14th and it was negative 20 outside in the stand and the high those days were going to be anywhere between you know 12 to 15 degrees and you know the deer movement was awesome but I couldn't stay in the stand the entire day because I, I was freezing cold. My toes were so cold. My upper body and legs were so cold. And I just finally had to get out of the, out of the stand. And sure enough, trail cameras showed that if I would have stayed in the stand about 11 o'clock, a couple of days, shooter bucks would come, come by. And I'm not a huge fan of sitting all day anyway, but now I... I realized that, Hey man, it's going to, it's going to be worth it in the long run, especially if when the deer are moving, the deer are moving. And as, as bow hunters and as hunters in general, we have to be in the stand when that happens as much as possible, because, you know, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get a crack at a buck from your couch unless you have a window that faces a food plot and you have a gun or you're a really good shot with your bow. I guess <laughs> that's that's one one option. But what I'm getting at is um, wool, right? So the past two seasons, I have purchased uh, a long sleeved wool base layer shirt from Kuyu. It was the 145 um, top that I purchased, long sleeve T-shirt, and. The very first time that I put it on and used it, it was a little warmer outside, but it was kind of that temperature where you're going to sweat going in, but once you get up, you're going to get cool because number one, you're in the shade and there's number two, there's a wind. 
So I remember having all the gear on my back, right? I had my, my stand for a running gun. I had my pack. I had my bow. I get there. I set up. I'm getting a little sweaty. I get up to the top, and it took me a very short amount of time to dry off. You know, my armpits weren't sweaty. You know, typically I have uh, some sweat around my gut and in my back, and and my feet are swamped by then, and I had wool socks, and I had a wool shirt, and it took five minutes, and the the wool definitely did its job, and it wicked away the the sweat, and it dried me off, and all I had to do that night was wear another light jacket over top of that system, and or over top of that wool, and my feet were dry and warm, and because uh, typically the uh, I wear muck boots um, depending on what the if it's wet or if I have to cross a creek, um, I'll put on a pair of muck boots. And I don't know for those guys who use those type of boots, um, all that moisture and heat gets trapped in there, and it will make the inside of the boot wet too, especially if you're doing a lot of moving. And the boot was kind of wet, but my foot and sock were really not because it, it removed that from my foot. And I had a realization right there, like, holy shit, I am never going to hunt in anything but wool again because it literally makes you more comfortable. Uh, and although if I had a cotton shirt on or, you know, layers for that particular hunt, it didn't really matter, but as the season, because I, you know, it was, it was warm enough where I could throw on a couple extra layers and, and be, and and make it through the rest of the hunt. But later on that year, when it was started to get a, a little colder, you know, now you're in your 45 degree range. You're, you know, the mornings where it's like 25 degrees before the sun comes up, and it's a high of 40 those days. I found myself being able to get away with wearing way less layers, which made me less constricted in the stand. It was easier for me to move around. There was, I don't know, there's times, I don't know if you guys get this, but there's times when I sit in a tree stand and you're moving and it's just like your, your clothing is rubbing up against everything because you're so bulked up with additional layers. You know, you're rubbing on the tree, you're rubbing on your stand, you're rubbing on, on your clothes, and it just makes more noise. And, and although the deer probably don't get, you know, can't hear it, I can hear it, and it drives me crazy because that means I'm not hearing what's out in the timber if I hear, you know, distant leaves crunching or a distant grunt or, or whatever. So wool is definitely something, again, uh, I'm not saying all products because um, I used Kuyu, that Kuyu top, and I used some First Light socks, and I had some socks from REI, which is a backpacking company. You can check them out online, but I will never, I will never not wear wool again as a base layer in the hunting uh, season it just performs it makes me more comfortable which you know I'm not thinking about how hot or cold I'm I am I'm actually thinking about 
hunting and it's just the little things when they all all add up just make you a more successful hunter in the uh in the long run that's you know that's my opinion so um if you guys are thinking about you know what i've just said definitely try wool wool products and you can go and find a lot of wool online and and that works and functions just as well as you know like Sitka has wool and that's you know Sitka is pretty expensive um Kuyu some of their stuff is expensive um First Light I I'm not sure about First Light wool uh I don't know their prices compared to Sitka and Kuyu but if you go to companies like um online companies like Steep and Cheap uh Backcountry REI you can find wool for backpacking and hiking that aren't camoed and don't have they're not a camo company or or a hunting themed company but they work just as well and you can typically find those for uh, a cheaper price so it's something to consider if you know hey i want to give wool a try go to some of these um retail online retail stores that i've just mentioned and uh, do your research you might be able to walk away with a with a really good deal and by the way, this is really weird of me just talking by myself, but uh, <laughs> but I really wanted to get a podcast out today, and here's what you guys are getting. So that was the second product I wanted to talk about, or, or line of products. <laughs> and now the the third product that I want to talk about, and I ran into this product about five years ago, I think right when this, the company started, and... The company is Nose Jammer, right? And I know what you're thinking because uh, I thought the same thing. This this is a gimmick product, um, just like all the other scent, um, all the other scent related products on the market. Uh, you know, everybody's kind of skeptical about them, and I was too, until I actually used it. Uh, for the first time and actually smelled it for the first time. Now, when I used it for the first time, I didn't really put two and two together, right? Um, I, I may have not had an encounter of a, with a deer reacting to nose jammer per se the first couple times, but I did notice that um, I wasn't getting busted downwind a lot. You know, there's times where you'll climb into a tree stand and a random doe will walk by down 100 yards, let's say. And she'll catch a scent, whether that's ground scent or your downwind scent, and boom, she, she's she's she may have just ruined your entire hunt. So I started using this, and I started slowly seeing that less deer were busting me from walk-in access routes uh, and on my downwind side because I typically try to um, uh, access all my stand locations from the downwind side. And I, I just kind of noticed that less and less over the time deer were, were busting me downwind the more I used this product. And even when I would get to my stand, the direction say, okay, spray a little bit on the tree. And after talking with the owner of the company, he, he says he's very liberal with it. All right. So the whole methodology of this product is that it overwhelms the deer sense of smell. And I didn't really get that until the guy told me, have you ever walked into a restaurant or a pizza place 
and you know a deer's no a deer a buck or whatever their nose is very sensitive it's their first line of defense and when a human walks into a pizza place you know they might be able to smell all these crazy you know all these different things outside let's say like a uh, oil from a car that's been dripping or maybe someone spilled gas or maybe there's flowers blooming outside but the second you open the door to that pizza place you get an overwhelming noseful of baking pizza and you can't smell the flowers you can't smell the oil you can't smell you know let's say like there's uh, dust in the air you can't smell that because you've just been hit with such a large dose of pizza that your brain is focusing on that and not the other scents that are, are out there. And then once you get into the pizza place, it takes you a while to start smelling other things, um, whether it's the beer that you've purchased or because your, your, your nose and your senses have to adjust to turn that scent of pizza down so all the other smells can you know can become equal again and that's exactly how nose jammer works right so a deer will come across the nose jammer scent and just be like whoa what is that it's not a threatening smell uh, if anything it's a, a smell that will have them curious you know I've, I, I have had them follow the nose jammer scent into my tree um, which at sometimes can be kind of dangerous if it's a deer you don't want to shoot, but um, they they smell it and what they're they're overwhelmed by it, and by the time their senses balance out to where they can start smelling human scent again, uh, they have already walked out of your, you know, the the goal is that they have already walked out of your. Um, scent stream and your scent profile has been distorted enough by the by the uh, nose jammer that you you just got away with murder because their nose was so full of nose jammer that they didn't have you know their brain wasn't responding to any type of human scent uh, so as the you know the more I used it the more I I, I was able to see that and so now I sprayed on my boots, I sprayed on my bow, I sprayed on my hat, um, I, I do spray a little bit um, on my pants, but uh, not too much of it because, you know, if you use it, there is it does make it a little sticky, but the stickiness wears off over time, and if you wash it, it comes right out, but um, so another product that, you know, may sound, may sound like a gimmick, but actually works is, um, nose jammer. I think you can pick up the full size can for like 15 bucks. And, and to me it's worth it because 15 bucks gives you is, is for me is fairly cheap. Uh, I don't know about you guys. I can't speak for you. Um, and it lasts me a couple weeks and I don't know. It just gives me that peace of mind that my downwind is a little, my downwind access routes are a little bit more uh, covered up uh, on the way in. So it, in a way, it's I guess it's a it's a cover scent. All right, that's the that's the third product that uh, I've had really good success with and that I've kind of changed the way I, I've been able to be a little bit more aggressive with my access routes because of that. Right. And that's how it all kind of ties into strategy. Um, instead of maybe taking a, 
typically what I would do is I have a couple stand locations where I take a long way around. I drop into a low spot, walk it down to a crick, walk the crick up 150, 200 yards, pop up to my tree stand. When now I park my truck along a fence, and this is just one example of how I use it, spray down, right? Hop over this CRP field, walk this CRP field straight in the wide open, walk it right to this fence, walk a low spot down, and I'm already at my tree stand. So it cuts my walk, it cut my walk in time by half. And, you know, maybe I'll get, depending on if there is a lot of moisture on the grass, let's say it's a morning hunt, it starts to get wiped off as I'm walking. I'll, I'll stop halfway, spray a little bit more. Um, but I've literally witnessed deer hit that, that ax, that my access route, my, my ground scent and just either ignore it or sniff around for a little bit and then keep walking. Um. So I've had really good experiences with that, and it's allowed me to be more aggressive with my access routes. All right. Now, this is, this is another product that some people love and, and some people hate. And when I first started using this, it was almost instantaneous of the results that I, that I have seen from this product. And it is that product is a partner of the podcast and that is Ozonics. Um, I, Oh man, again, like 2007, I think when the company first started to make these and, and start branding them for hunters, they were very big, very heavy, very inconvenient, but I was sold on the technology, uh, portion of it. Right. So what an Ozonics does is it emits O3, which O3 is ozone. That's the, I guess, the scientific name for it or whatever. But what it does is it disrupts odor molecules. It kills bacteria and bacteria creates odor. And that is what, when that goes into a whitetail's nose, that tells them danger, 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 danger. Now, what this does is it distorts the scent molecule enough to the deer don't see don't see it as a threat that's the goal of it anyway now i've what how i use this product i'll tell you how i use this product first i still mind my access routes going in right i'm aggressive because i have the nose jammer but i still mind it i'm not walking straight through the timber i'm not you know being stupid about it i still mind my wind i still play the wind every hunt but where the ozonics for me comes into play is when it's in the tree and it's blowing downwind and as we all know deer just don't stick to their trails right they can be anywhere at any time i'm hunting an area where the my scent um where I think the deer are going to come and go is not where my ozonics is blowing, right? My ozonics is going to be blowing and basically killing all, all my scent to the back of me. It's protecting my back. And I don't know how many times a doe before I started using ozonics has snuck in behind me and has, I don't know, busted me downwind whether it's 100 yards or 200 yards and you know you hear that like 
200 yards and you're just like, God dang it. You know, it's ruined. It ruins your hunt. Um, I, you know, we all, we've all been there and that used to happen to me a lot. And there's times when the wind is swirling where that, uh, that still may happen even with an ozonics in the tree. And what I always tell people is this ozonics is not a magic. It's not a magic potion, right? You still have to, first off, you have to know how to use it properly. And, and second of all, you still have to be uh, an intelligent hunter. You know, you can't go into a, a bedding area and just have the wind going all over the place and say, Oh, Hey, Ozonics is going to take care of me, right? You still have to know how to use it and you still have to um, know how to play the wind and you still have to have good access routes to your uh, tree stand. But what an Ozonics does is it basically helps create opportunities for you in the tree that may otherwise have not been there because a deer downwind of you busts you and blows up the whole timber. And as we all know, um, some of these does just don't, blow once and run away they'll sit there for an hour and blow and blow and blow and blow and blow and uh i don't know about you but i can't remember a time where a deer has done that and a target buck of mine has come through after that i can't i, I really can't I, I i can't think of an an example like that so again the the Ozonics is not cheap, right? Uh, they have models that are 300 or $350, right? And then they have models that are $400 and f- I think, or $500 when it's all said and done. So it's not necessarily a cheap product, right? Um, and what I always tell people for me and the reason that I would recommend it, and it, it may be a product that you have to, you know, save a year or two for, but, it's a product that allows more opportunities. And what I mean by that is, dude, I, I sit in a, a cubicle 40 hours a week. I have two kids. I have one on the way and I have a wife, right? So I have responsibilities outside of the timber. So my days of hunting every day of the season are over, right? And as a hunter, I realized that it's probably not best for me to be in the timber on some of those days anyway, and it's good to spend t- spend time with the family. But when I go into the timber, I want to be as successful as possible and have as many things stacked in my favor as as possible. And if I can get an Ozonics to, you know, or I shouldn't say if, I should say when my Ozonics works properly, uh, I get those opportunities, you know, whether that big buck shows up or not. Um, I'm not getting blown at downwind. And just that alone to me is worth every penny because what that does is it creates opportunities that may have, may have otherwise not happened because when those, when that deer busts you downwind, uh, it's sending a signal to everything that heard it. Hey, don't come, don't come over here. Don't come over here. So, yes, it's expensive, but for someone who has limited opportunities in the uh, timber, whether it's because they only get like four or five days of vacation a year dedicated to hunting or even less, or they, they're a family, a guy or gal, or, you know, they, they want to be in the timber, but they can't, 
uh, Ozonics is a product that allows you to, it, it just gives you a little bit of peace of mind. And, and to be honest with you, it, it's one of those products now that is always in my, in my tree stand. Now, other, there are other applications for Ozonics. And these are just something that I want to mention because it is such an expensive product, you know, that, you know, some would think it's expensive, um, that, it, they also have like a product called a dry wash bag, right? So instead of having to wash your bag every time, um, you can take your Ozonics when you get home, hang your clothes in this dry wash bag, take your Ozonics, put it in, and then run it uh, for a little bit. And then what that does is all the sweat from the day um, that kind of builds up or, you know, you got... I don't know whether you've been farting in your in your pants anywhere. Any scent that is on your clothes gets destroyed by the ozone the ozone while in this bag. So it, it's a dry wash bag, which it cleans it without having to wash it. And that for me is a huge, huge thing. Now, another thing of how I use my ozonics and this is just random a lot of doctors offices and uh, hospitals and dentists they use o3 technology not ozonics but ozone I'm sure there's other companies and I think ozonics is owned by a company that kind of got does this same thing medical ozone cleanse kills bacteria so I have a playroom down there right and kids are dirty and they carry bacteria and diseases and kids get sick and all that stuff so once a month i will take my ozonics and i'll put it in my playroom and i'll let it run for an hour or two hours or let's say we go to the store um and it's uh we'll go to the store, we go get groceries or, you know, we go on a drive. I'll let that run and it kills the bacteria in that room. Everything that the ozone touches that is uh, bacteria, it kills it. And then that just makes less germs for my family, uh, less chance of, um, you know, less chance of getting sick. (laughs) Here's a funny story. Okay. So, we have this little plastic house in our basement and it's like a kitchen. It has some cabinets in it. Well, one of my kids put a half drank cup of milk in one of these cabinets and my downstairs all of a sudden started smelling and it just stunk. And I'm like, Oh man, we got mold in the, in, in our house. We have something bad. It just reeks downstairs. And what had happened, this, this milk had curdled into this disgusting cheese basically and it popped the top off and started oozing down. And that's how I found it in this playhouse. So I cleaned it up, turned the Ozonics on, took the kids for a drive, came back, and the smell of the milk in that room was gone. And it didn't come back. So that's another way you, you can use it as well. Now, a lot of uh, another th- negative thing that people say about Ozonics is oh my God, man. It's poison. It's in your nose. It's going to kill you if you breathe it in. Well, maybe if you took a garden hose, duct taped it to one end of the Ozonics, and then had it, if you were breathing it and sucking it into your mouth, yeah, that's probably not good. But 
if you're if you're outside and you're in the wind and you follow the instructions, it's not going to cause you any damage. Uh, the only way someone is going to get hurt by one of these ozone products is if they are breathing in only ozone. I've never had an issue in the tree, you know, or felt lightheaded or had any type of problem with an ozonics destroying any of my gear, you know, because some people say it's corrosive, um, a, a corrosive uh, molecule. There has been instances where um, people, uh, they, they've said it has corroded binocular straps or something like that. Well, if, if that's the case, don't put, you know, anything rubber in your, um, in your dry wash bag. If you have, whether it's uh, like a suspenders or anything like that. Um, I've never had any situation. I put everything in my dry wash bag and I haven't had anything, um, anything be corroded, but you know, some people, some people say that whatever. Um, but as far as being dangerous, it's only dangerous, I feel, if you don't follow the instructions, don't follow the directions, and you're sucking it right away. Like you're you're in direct, uh, you're in direct contact with it. I, and if you follow the instructions, you're not gonna that that won't happen. So um, the people, I just feel it's unfair for for a product like this to get a bad rep because people say it's poison or it's unhealthy because it's not. Um, I. I, and again, the very uh, and I'll walk you through the very first time I knew Ozonics. Um, Ozonics really did do what they said it did, and I, I think it was 2007 or something like that. Um, I saw a buck in a like chasing a doe, and the doe broke off, and I don't think she was in heat. This buck had his nose to the ground; he was searching. I, got, I picked up my rattling antlers. And I cracked them together as hard as I possibly could. And as big bucks often do, they make a gigantic loop around where they hear the rattle. They try to they try to come downwind of it to locate it first with their nose if they can't see it. Well, this buck did that. And I thought for sure I was getting busted. So... The, the buck gets closer, gets closer, and comes it into my scent stream. Uh, he comes into my scent profile, and his his he hits that ozone. He hits that smell because there is a slight smell with the ozone, and he 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 puts his nose up in the air. He smells. He's like, but what he didn't do was his tail didn't come up and he didn't run. This was a four-year-old 150 class buck or 150, 145 class, four-year-old, maybe even older. So a mature whitetail. And as we all know, mature whitetails are the hardest deer to beat. Now they, he comes in, he puts his nose in the air and he starts smelling, right? He's not spooked. He's curious. So he's, he puts his hand or nose in the air, you know, as you'll see these deer do sometimes. He starts drinking that air, right? Big deep breaths into his nose, and he still can't he still can't figure it out. And he eventually comes to about 25, 30 yards through a shooting lane that I I created downwind, um, just in case something would come downwind from my stand location. Everything else that day came up. 
But for that one deer that came downwind and I ended up passing this buck, it's actually the footage of it is on the Ozonics website, I believe. I'm not sure if they have it up anymore, but it was. Anyway, he comes into about 25, 30 yards, stands broadside, can't figure out what we are, can't figure out what the that scent is, and eventually he just kind of walks away, not spooked, and that moment right there was like, oh my God, this product works. So again, if you're someone who um, relies on, um, I, if you're if you if you want to be have the best possible chances every time you step into the woods, um, I feel that the list of products that I've given today um, have helped me do that. Now, I'm sure you guys have your own um, list of products that you feel have kind of changed the game for you or or you really like these you know you really you have go-to products i guess you'd say that work for you i tell you what man keep using them because if um part of hunting bow hunting for me anyway is being comfortable not only in the stand and comfortable you know from a body temperature and you know peace of mind type uh but also but also from a peace of mind of your gear working and doing what it's supposed to do. And uh, the products that I've mentioned today do that for me. When I post this podcast, I would love to hear your guys' thoughts on uh, some of the products uh, that I've mentioned today. Um, do you use them? What do you use? Uh, that you know, Let's start a conversation about um, products that have worked for you, um, whether you maybe di- agree or disagree with uh, the products that I mentioned today, and uh, we'll have a friendly conversation. So that turned out to be the longest time I have ever talked, <laughs> like 53 minutes of recording, I think this has been. Um, hopefully you guys didn't uh, shut this off because you were sick of hearing my voice. Um, I would have loved to have a sidekick today, but uh, it just didn't work out, and I, I do apologize for that. Hopefully you got some information. Hopefully you guys give some of these products um, a look-see. And uh, yeah, now before I end it today, I do want to take uh, time to thank each and every one of you guys for uh, downloading this podcast, listening. Um, I really, I really appreciate uh, your guys' support. And I also support or appreciate the support of the partners of this podcast, right? We have, let's see, Exodus Trail Cameras, Ripcord Arrest, Wasp Broadheads, Gearhead Bows, Ozonics, Deer Lab. All right, so please go and check those companies out. Um, I know that with Exodus and Wasp, right, we have a, a discount if you use the code Nine Fingers, twenty dollars off trail cameras at uh, Exodus, and twenty five percent off your order uh, at Wasp, and that also falls in line at Montana Decoy as well. Um, you know, if you go to Deer Lab, you can go to DeerLab.com slash Nine Fingers and get a free 30-day trial period when you sign up through that URL. And then um, I do know that, like I said, uh, Lone Wolf is going to be a partner of this podcast starting um, May or yeah May 1st. And then uh, 
look for stuff from um, look for me to give you some uh, info about how I'm how I can how the podcast uh, can help you get some of their gear um, through a URL uh, with not only Lone Wolf but Ozonix as well and uh, a lot of stuff coming uh, up in the next couple months so keep an, an eye out for that. Other than that, guys, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, check me out on there. Go to iTunes, leave a review. That would be very helpful. Uh, Thank you very much. And again, check out National Deer Alliance. If you're not a member, please, please go and and sign up to be a member and, and get as educated on as much of that information that they're putting out as possible. And, you know, it is that time of year where if we are, we're going to start hanging tree stands here pretty soon. And if you're in a tree, please wear your damn safety harness. Have a good week. Thank you.